Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to Roll the Quadcast, a Blogger So Dear podcast where little old Charlie Brown is still trying to kick that football. Blogger So Dear is the go-to website for the best independent analysis of Wake Forest athletics. And welcome to Roll the Quadcast. My name is Riley Johnston, and we are finally over our hiatus that dates back to February of this year. Um, but my co-host, Rob Reinhardt, has actually not been on Roll the Quadcast since October 12, 2015, where we recapped uh, Wake Forest defeating Boston College 3 to nothing. And quite frankly, after a game like that and a podcast like that, Rob just had to retire. So uh, we'll bring him on now. How are you doing, Rob? I'm doing great. How are you doing today, Riley? Cannot complain. I am back from the beach and at the new beach, so I am good to go down in beautiful Charleston. And you are moved into Winston-Salem, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I took the trip across 40 from Nashville back to Winston-Salem, so excited to be back and, uh, you know, excited to get back to co-hosting Roll the Quadcast with you on a more regular basis. Awesome. Yeah. And we want to do a little bit of housekeeping just to kind of start this out since it's been a while since uh, us two have been together and also that the viewers have been able to listen. But we are launching a new Bloggers Idea recruiting podcast uh, this coming week courtesy of Ned Harwood that will hit on Tuesday. So they will both still under be under the Bloggers So Dear uh, iTunes list, but there will be Roll the Quadcast that Rob and I will do each Sunday at 6.30, and Ned will have the BSD Recruit Report podcast that will come out probably once or twice a week. So if you have any questions, then send them to Ned at DeekFan3 on Twitter, WFU Sports Stats. Um, this is kind of a big part of us trying to revitalize the video and podcast presence on Blogger So Dear. I know Rob has done a lot of Facebook videos in the past, the live. I know that we have a lot of people that enjoy that, especially after football and basketball games. Um, so we will bring a lot of that back. But during the summer, while there aren't a lot of sports, we will do a lot of recapping of recruiting visits and trips and uh, a lot of the practices and all that that goes on leading up to football season. So with that being said, uh, Rob, you want to talk a little bit about Wake Forest football and uh, last year and kind of what we can expect for this year as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, in, in this podcast, we want to recap the, the great sports year that was the 2016-2017 year for Wake Forest, as well as some looking ahead to the, the upcoming seasons. But, you know, football – Definitely a, a great year for the Demon Deacons. They went seven, seven and six overall, including three and five in ACC play, despite having to overcome uh, wakey leaks. So we we got that going for us, and we ended the season in style with a, a nice thirty-four to twenty-six victory over uh, number twenty-four Temple in the Military Bowl. So definitely a a good season for Wake Forest fans. I know going into last year, big expectations on would we make a bowl, and and we did that clinched that in early November and, and ended it with um, a great offensive performance against Temple. Riley, what were your thoughts on the season? Yeah, I thought overall this was uh, the kind of year that we needed to have with Dave Clawson. He has shown at all the stop that he's been at so far how good he is at turning around program, and that was what happened this year. We got to the bowl game. We got the big win over a nationally ranked Temple team, and I know there was a little bit of debate over whether that was a big signature win or not. Uh, you know, they're in a G5 conference, and they had also lost their head coach, so uh, there was some debate on that. I think it was a big win, especially when we came out and gave up a touchdown on the first two or three plays of the game. It might have been the 
first play of the game. Um, and then we came back and really just blew them out until the, the late part there where uh, we managed to sack their quarterback for like a 95-yard loss. So that's a good way to end the season. And I think moving forward into this year, it will be interesting to see if Coach Clawson can sustain that. The schedule is a little more difficult, um, but the team should be more talented, especially – looking at the offensive side, it'll be interesting to see defensively uh, whether it takes a step back this year with the loss of uh, defense coordinator Mike Elko, which is one of the questions that John Walsh submitted. So uh, what, what do you think about the uh, the prospect for this year, especially on the defensive side? Are we going to take a step back, or you think we will be a ride about where we happen? Um, well, yeah, I guess, first of all, thanks, thanks to John uh, for his question. He's an avid reader, avid Wake Forest fan so we appreciate him him chiming in and last year I guess I forgot to mention this off the top so we were 23rd in terms of points per game allowed defensively 117th in, in offense and, and very similar if you look at the advanced statistics so definitely a big loss in terms of Mike Elko who deservedly um, went to Notre Dame also lose Markel Lee who could tackle everything and Brad Watson at the corner uh, but I, I think in, in Jay Solville our, our new defensive coordinator came to us from Minnesota I think that's a really good hire by Clawson, he has a history of producing a lot of good um, pros in the secondary, and, and he's got some, you know, some pretty stout defenses. So I, I think we should should be good again, um, you know, defensively. I, th- I think it's mostly going to be about replacing some of that personnel at linebacker, but we recruited well at that position, and then hopefully a, a full season of Duke Edgefor rushing the passer could be big for our defense. Yeah, I think Duke at Jeff Four is going to be probably the anchor of the defensive line. And with Zeke Rodney coming back after not uh, playing football last year, I think the line has a chance to be really, really good. Um, and if we can rush the quarterback, then I'm not sure it will have that big of a fall off, especially since what we did well is, uh, of course, Mark Kelly, he was a big part of that. But uh, you're you're the next guy up now. I mean, freshmen become sophomores, sophomores, juniors, and all that kind of thing. And somebody's got to step up and fill in those roles. And I think uh, the new defensive coordinator, what I've seen so far, I, I really like what he did at Minnesota, uh, what he was able to, to do to stop Washington State in their bowl game. Um, I believe he limited one of the best passing attacks in the country to their lowest in five or six years or at least since Mike Leach was there so if he can bring that into the Wake Forest uh, secondary and the different looks that he can provide I think we're going to be in pretty good shape Uh, the offense we I feel like we've been saying this for several years now uh, it's got to catch up with the defense the defense has been winning games for the last five years and the offense has struggled after a while that it kind of they flipped roles after the uh, Orange Bowl season. But what do you think about the offense this year? Are we going uh, to see a new quarterback there, or what, what do you think about that? Uh, I guess as far – I guess we'll see the uh, new old quarterback. Uh, I, I'm guessing exactly. Kendall Hinton will start, though you, you never know with, with his health. He, you know, there was sort of that back and forth, and, the, and then he earned the starting role after some of his play against against Tulane and Duke, and then – right on cue injures himself and is out for the year against after uh, against Delaware. But um, fortunately Wolford was able to, to carry us for the rest of the season. But I do like Hinton mostly because of his versatility. Um, and at times when our, our offense breaks down and some of our receivers can't get any separation, uh, he's able to make some plays with the speed, generate some first downs. So I, I'm, I'm hopeful to st- that we see the offense step up. I said that last year. I thought we would improve. We slightly improved. 
But we're going to need our wide receivers to make plays. We're going to need them to to generate separation at the line of scrimmage and, and make plays in the open field. But I thought our running game was better last year with Cade Carney and Matt Colburn. So we should have the pieces to be better. Um, I don't think we'll ever catch up to the offense, um, particularly at Wake. I think we're just going to recruit better on the defensive side of the ball in general. Uh, but hopefully we can get to the point where we have a, a respectable offense. Yeah, and I tend to agree with that. I think we have all the pieces moving forward. It's just how they will come together as the year starts. So taking a look at the schedule a little bit for football, we open up with Presbyterian on August 31st. That's a Thursday night game in Winston-Salem at 630. Um, That should be a guaranteed victory. If not, it doesn't really matter because we don't need to assess the rest of the schedule because we lost Right, that pretty much ends it. And there's not a lot of room for margin this year in football. Like I said, I thought the team – I think the team will overall be a little bit better this year, but the schedule is definitely harder. After Presbyterian, we travel to Boston College for the rivalry, um, which should be a great trip. Uh, Then we take Utah State on in Winston-Salem. Then we travel to Boone uh, to take on Appalachian State, which is never an easy game. I think they may be not quite as good as they were last year, but playing a team in a capacity stadium that really wants to beat those Power 5 teams like Wake Forest, that's a big game. Um, Those are four games that we probably have to have three or four of before we're going to make a bowl because October is just not exactly a fun month of football. We have Florida State at Clemson, at Georgia Tech, Louisville at Notre Dame. If we get one of those, I don't mean to sound a little Wake Forest, but one win out of that is pretty decent if we want to get to a 6-7 win season before we close it out at Syracuse uh, State at home. So what are your thoughts on the schedule? I think it breaks down into three different subsets, the beginning, the, the middle of the gauntlet, and then the end of the three where we know what we have to do. Can we get the wins necessary? enough to get to six and go bowling yeah I, I agree with your assessment normally you think I, I try and think about these games in terms of tiers of, of difficulty and, and winability but but now and um, but now both in terms of date and winability I think they're very much correlated and grouped together I agree we have to get off to a great start during those first first four games four would be fantastic get off to another four no start like we did last year um, but we almost have to win three. We get Florida State at home, but they're a, they're a top-five team. They, they could contend for a national title this year. At Georgia Tech, um, winnable because Justin Thomas uh, graduated, but, but still going to be a very difficult game. We play Louisville well at home typically, but Lamar Jackson should be a serious issue. And then we replace our Army game with a trip at Notre Dame. I know they were 4-8 and eight last year, but still recruited very well, and I think they got unlucky in a number of games with turnovers. And then, you know, at Syracuse versus NC State versus Duke. I mean, really, no gimmies there at the end. Um, you know, it, it, it's going to be a tough one. We're definitely more talented, um, but we're going to have to improve offensively in order to make a bowl game with this schedule, I believe. I absolutely agree with that. And I believe Vegas said, it, was it five and a half or six and a half for our over under? I think it was five and a half, but I'm not 100% I, I, sure on that. Um, but I believe they, it they, was five and a half, and that's a great Okay. Question. Yeah, I agree with that. If I had to set that, then I would say the same and same as last year. And it is very thin margin. We won a lot of close games last year, and we lost a lot of close games that we could have could have gotten to eight or nine wins. Um, but this year, we have to take care of business. Our offense has to step up, and we need to get off to a good start and kind of hold steady throughout the middle of the season before finishing it out. So I'm looking forward to it. I think 
the team will be fun to watch, and I'm looking forward to see what Dave Clawson and the rest of the staff can, can get out of these guys. Um, and we will have a few more articles breaking down the schedule uh, starting next week. So this will be a good chance to look at each team. We'll have a Q&A with a blog. I'm not sure what we're going to do with Presbyterian, but we will get there. Um, but every other team, we yeah, should have a blog Q&A. Want there. Yeah, we can do that. We can recruit actively recruit people to do Q and A for the Presbyterian uh, Blue Hose and the Wake Forest Demon Deacon. So we will have to take a look at that. But we'll have a lot more content coming out, including assessing the odds and percentages that we will win X games versus Y um, for the people that tend to be statistically inclined. So I'm looking forward to it, and I can't wait for August 31st. It can't get here soon enough. So that uh. That will wrap up the football portion of our podcast for now. Um, Let's move over to basketball a little bit, where we obviously had a big bounce-back season. We made the NCAA tournament for the first time in what feels like 55 years uh, since the name redacted era. And, you know, we even though we fell to – previews and recaps for every game, it tends to feel like a very long time. Yes, it dragged on, and you know, being the butt of jokes is not not always uh, all that funny when it's something that you're passionate about and you really work hard at. Which I know the team did, and that's we're all happy that we're back to where at least a reasonable level where we should be. Um, and despite falling to Kansas State in the NCAA tournament game um, in the first four, I still believe that this year, with the addition of Sean D. Brown, um, obviously losing John Collins, they pretty big step back in the interior game but I think we will bring in a lot of guys who can uh, hopefully pick up that scoring well last year we finished 19 and 14 uh, 9 and 9 in the ACC which is was one of the best conferences in America um, Rob what are your overall thoughts about this year as we saw the non-conference schedule come out a little bit you kind of get the feel of um, who we're playing uh, when we're going to play them and what kind of team we're going to have to be to win those games early on what what are your initial thoughts after seeing the non-conference schedule released yeah I think the non-conference schedule I think that that sets up well for what we're going to want to do I mean it's it's very different from last year's last year's was a lot harder in terms of playing games like at Northwestern at a Xavier um, ended up playing Villanova on a neutral site so a, a very difficult non-conference schedule. This year's much more winnable, um, and, and honestly, I think we have a legitimate chance to go 12-0. Obviously, if you multiply all the win probabilities out there, that's not the most likely scenario, but I think the way the schedule's set up with only two true road games, um, you know, we should be expected to go 10-2, and two, worst case. We should almost definitely go 11-1 and one if, if we want to if we want to make the tournament. And I think this will be good as we try and, as Sean D, you know, gets, gets adjusted to the college game and some of our bigs like an SJM, who I think will rely on to help fill that void for John Collins. He's not going to single-handedly do it, nor is improving with, with Dino Sminiglu. But as that combined effort, I think this could be a very good non-conference schedule for this team as we build towards that ACC season. Yeah, and I absolutely agree with that assessment as well. Um, Ned wrote a really good overview uh, on Friday, kind of looking at it and breaking it down. There aren't any games that stick out. There are a couple of, uh, like Illinois in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Richmond here is always a fun game. Um, At Charlotte could be a trap game of some sorts. Uh, And then Tennessee here. While those teams are all – 
they they have had good seasons in the past. They, they they haven't been up lately, and we should be expected to win a lot of those. And even the ACC is going to be down this year. I mean, it's unfortunate that I'm pretty sure Pittsburgh's not going to field a team uh, at this juncture. So <laughs> we will uh, hopefully get a couple wins there. Um, but but all joking aside, the ACC should be down a little bit, um, and I think. Wake needs to try to get to 20 wins this year to take that next step up. And it, it'll be interesting to see how the offense is balanced now that John Collins isn't there to be so efficient in the post. I, I think that Brian Crawford is going to take a very, very big step up, not just on a Wake Forest level, but on a national level. Now, I'm not predicting a John Collins type jump, but I, I think that he will get up there and have one of the better years in Wake Forest history as far as points per game and assists per game goes. And and he he's really matured as the two years have come along. And you know he's a junior now. It's time it's time for him to step up and take take hold of this team and call it his own. And I think he's ready to do that. Um, and and I, let's take a couple of seconds to just talk about John Collins and the appreciation we have for him and what he did at Wake Forest. Uh, congratulations. He signed his uh, contract with Atlanta over the weekend, and he is now officially an, an Atlanta Hawk, and he's in the NBA, which is what you want to show when you're out there recruiting. Danny Manning, identified talent, brought him in. John Collins bought in, uh, played extremely hard, extremely well, and, and put Wake Forest back on the map. So – Everything that he did for Wake Forest in the last two years is just greatly appreciated. And there's no doubt we're going to miss him uh, a lot inside. And can we replace him next year? I think that's the biggest question going into the year. How do we replace John Collins? Oh, you're asking me how to replace John Collins. Okay. Well, even the easy questions for me. Um, You know, it's it's going to be a team effort. And I think here's where it's not just – how do we improve some of the bigs? I, I mentioned Dinos and, and maybe SJM and who knows what Olivier Saar will, will give us. But I think if you look at our team last year, thanks in large part to John Collins, we had the seventh best offensive efficiency in the country, uh, and plus a number of lights, lights out shooters, plus Brian Crawford taking a huge step. And I agree with you, he could have a massive year for the Deeks. But we were 176 in defense, which is just beyond unacceptable. And, and what that led us to was, was 36 and Ken Paul. So I think, look, we're in all likelihood going to take a step back on the, on the offensive end. John Collins, phenomenal offensive player, shot 62% from the field, 75% from the free throw line. But I think we can take a, a big step forward on the defensive end uh, with somebody like Ashanti Brown or Brennan and, Brennan and Saar and just, um, you know, just getting better overall defensively. Uh, which could keep our Ken Palm ranking about the same. So I think I think that's how we replace John Collins. I think we just get better overall in terms of t- team defense, and we see guys like Keyshawn Woods get a little bit better, um, Mitchell Wilbekin to get a little bit better, Brandon Childers to take a little bit better. So just get better as a team. But, yeah, absolutely agree. Can't say enough about the impact that John Collins had on our team. It, yes, it's going to be a completely different – way to win and play basketball in general next year because the usage rate and the efficiency that John Collins had is one of the best in college history, much less Wake Forest. So you don't really replace a guy like that on the offensive end. You you do it 
unless we have some other guy that's going to step up and be an amazing big man, in which case Danny Manning is an elite coach and we're probably in great shape. Um, but I don't think you can feasibly expect that. I think it's going to be by committee how we handle it. But we have to get better at defending the basketball and just stopping people from getting easy baskets. We played so much Matador defense, especially late in the year, and that's why we lost to Kansas State, that even having one of the most efficient players in the country and in Wake history, it, it wasn't enough to, to win in the postseason. And, and until we get better defensively, we're going to continue to see these shortcomings. Um, but, but we are back now to being relevant, and that's what you want for a Wake Forest team, where uh, year in and year out, you have something to be excited about. The Sean D. Brown coming in is obviously one of, uh, one of those big – big guys who can who can change a program and I think he's going to have that chance to do so um so I'm pretty excited about basketball too and even though it feels like the season just ended uh, a couple months ago I'm ready for it again so I I think uh as we get a little closer we will continue to have all of our normal stuff breaking down player profiles and looking at the schedule um I think that's we're going to do a round table on the the non-conference schedule to get a little more in depth on that and that should be out this week as well so um we still got a few more months on that and we will tend to focus a little heavier on football uh over the next month or so as we uh start the football season first but we will continue to have weekly articles and podcasts on the recruiting side of that as well um so be on the lookout for that um one thing we want to talk a little bit about that made it has basketball and baseball and just kind of an overall uh, Wake Forest look. Um, we extended Tom Walter. Obviously, the baseball team made it to the Super Regionals, lost to the eventual national champions in a game three to the Florida Gators. And we gave uh, Walter a seven-year extension to 2024. Um, we had a couple of questions on this, which – First of all, that is well-deserved for Coach Walter, and he has done an amazing job uh, over the last few years at Wake Forest, both from a culture and a winning standpoint. Um, And he did get that extension. We had a couple of questions from uh, one of our contributors at Blogger So Dear, Ed Foster, and Kit Byram asked about the Danny Manning contract situation, why uh, Clawson has been extended, Walter has been extended, but Manning uh, remains without a new contract. Rob, do you have any insight on that, or do you have a, I guess, hypothetical reason why that hasn't happened yet? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'd be happy to to, to speculate. Um, I, I do not know exactly, and I don't know the length of the initial term. Um, that would certain, certainly be something worth worth looking into. But my guess is that the standard is higher for for Wake in basketball and that making the super regionals in baseball and, and winning a bowl game in football are relatively harder to do than for this Wake Forest basketball team to make the the final or the, the first four. Um and that Wellman wants to see some progression out of some of Manning's teams, especially since he didn't have the best record in the world during his, his first two seasons there and now we lose the aforementioned John Collins. So it remains to be seen exactly how well Manny will do next year, but I would say it is still he is still deserved of of some form of a contract extension. I think you saw in this year's team what his vision is, at least on the offensive end, in terms of having a good big man, but having a lot of players who can spread the floor, dribble, pass, and shoot versatile players. And then if you look at some of the players he's targeting in upcoming recruiting classes, who we have a chance to get. Um, they are players who, who have good length and are, are good two-way players and will just be overall good basketball players and really help 
Wake rise up the ranks in the ACC. So I think, I mean, really what you saw is once Manning was able to get his guys to be the majority of the players playing minutes, uh, we, we put out a, a pretty high-quality basketball team and put together a pretty good record against a very strong, um, you know, schedule. So I would say he's, he's deserving of an extension, but Wellman's going to be a little bit wait and see. What are, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, and I don't – to be clear, neither one of us has inside information or, or anything of that nature on what – uh, Ron Wellman's thoughts are with regards to extending Manning. I don't know if there's something in place that he says, I want to see this before I do it, or I'm still waiting to see a year. We're just getting to the point in time where uh, especially, I mean, we, I would assume this year he will either get an extension or something will happen. Um, just so the recruiting moving forward, you don't have a lame duck coach or anything like that. Um, I, I don't know that Ron Wellman necessarily has a goal in mind that says you have to do why before we give you the extension but I think he won't he may just still be in a holding pattern and I agree with you I, I, I see a lot of what coach Danny Manning is trying to do and put out on the court and I think he did it very well it got us back to the NCAA tournament now it's time to show that we can continue to improve and win games in in these tournaments and I believe the non-conference schedule this year will give us a good chance to catapult into the ACC schedule which will hopefully get us into the tournament again uh, I believe Danny Manning knows exactly what he's doing and I think that Ron Wallman just wants to make sure everything uh, obviously with the last tire in basketball uh, we uh, experienced that you don't necessarily want to extend the coach when uh, they are not very good at what they do but um, Danny Manning I think is still just in one year away perhaps from an extension so I, I think Walter was a clear extend after what he did a uh, super regional then you wanted to keep him there since we're a private school it's hard to tell the exact contract numbers and years and all that stuff because it doesn't have to be released um, so it's not I don't know what Walter's making or anything like that, but I think the timing was right for that after the Super Regional to make sure he stayed there. And it kind of paid off. I believe we got a top 100 recruit for 2020 in baseball uh, over the weekend. So you're already seeing that reap, reap dividends. And uh, I think Ron Woman knows what he's doing here. And I've gotten on him a lot over the last few years for what I perceive to be lack of leadership in with regards to um, how to handle coaches, the fan base. Uh, I mean, I wrote an article basically talking about how he was the perfect example of how to ostracize the fan base. Um, but he, he has done a good job, I believe, in the last few years, especially with the non-revenue program. Look at men's tennis, men's soccer, men's golf, uh, Jennifer Cupcho, runner-up for women's golf. And I know a lot. not all Wake Forest fans care about the non-revenue sports, but that's a big part of our culture, especially in the ACC. Academics, revenue sports, non-revenue sports, that's what – the ACC is about, and Ron Woman has done an excellent job with keeping coaches here and donating the time and the money for fundraising and the programs to uh, be able to recruit these type of student athletes. So I will give Wellman the benefit of the benefit of the doubt right now on Manning. I think I might have extended him after this past season, but I understand why he didn't. It's certainly worth asking when you see football extended. Uh, baseball extended after their uh, goal so why wasn't basketball done so I think that was what they were getting at um, but we don't have a concrete answer and it'll be interesting to see I mean, what do you think if we don't make the tournament next year do you think he, he still doesn't extend them or, or where do we go from there do you think there is a benchmark that uh, Ron Wallman is waiting for him to hit or do you think it's just more of a wait and wait and see thing uh, I don't know if it's you know necessarily NCAA tournament or, or, or bust again I think he's going to want to see that it wasn't just the John Collins show, which 
you know, I think Danny Manning deserves a heck of a lot of credit for John Collins in terms of identifying some potential that recruiting analysts didn't, didn't necessarily um, see and then developing him. And he, he took a huge jump, and I think Manning deserves a lot of credit for that. But I think he's going to want to see something a lot closer um, to this past season than the, than the previous two seasons when we were about 120th in Ken Palm. And then I think, you know, if, if he sees the 2018 recruiting class be something that I, and, and Ned will talk more about this in, in the coming days that that we think it could be. I, I think then he's going to think, okay, yeah, let's give him an extension. And it's, it's quite possible they're still just in the negotiation stage, um, and that and that something could come out prior to the season being over. Though, Klaus and, and Walters' extensions were were publicly announced pretty shortly thereafter their respective seasons. So I, I'm I'm not sure exactly, but that's my best guess. Yeah, and I, I, I'm not sure we will ever know exactly what's going on in Ron Woman's uh, mind with regard to that. He t- tends to keep things close to the vest, and I think he makes a lot of his own decision um, just based on not necessarily hitting X or hitting Y, but what he feels overall they will do. And sometimes that works out, as we've seen with coaches that he's hired um, since he's been here. Sometimes it doesn't, as we've seen with other coaches um, since he's been here. Um, but it, it will be a wait-and-see situation, and I think uh, – I think after next year is said and done, I think Danny Manning will be the Wake Forest head coach for a long time. He seems to fit in well. I really appreciate what the brand of basketball he brings. You do want to win games, but I would rather watch an exciting brand of basketball as well. Um, Not that Virginia basketball isn't exciting, because if you win, I would love to play that and be a fan of it. But if I have my pick and you're picking between a winning team that runs and guns and a winning team that slows it down, grinds it out and just doesn't play quote unquote, entertaining, exciting basketball. Then I would definitely rather see the run and gun teams. And that's what Danny Manning brings to Wake Forest, which I really enjoy. So um, hopefully he stays as the head coach and we can uh, look forward to many years of his seven foot (laughs) frame and nine buttons on the sideline, which I look forward to seeing. Um, But as we did talk about a little bit, the other sports at Wake Forest, Ned wrote an article a couple weeks ago where he argued that this was the best Wake Forest sports year ever. Um, He had a formula that he used, the Deke score, and he came up with. Obviously, all statistics and uh, models like that are open to interpretation to some degree. And I know not everybody agreed that this year was one of the best, considering we won a bowl game, but only won seven games in football. We won 19 games in basketball, but we didn't win in the NCAA tournament. Um, I tend to look at the overall body of work for every team, which the non-revenue sport team, even though a lot of people don't care about that, that, that's a big part. And uh, we did that this year. Rob, do you think this past year was the best year in Wake Forest history, or do you think it was overly weighted by some because of the non-revenue sport? I mean, I would say, you know, not just in terms of how much do you value sports like uh, soccer or baseball or or tennis or things like that, but how much do you value uh, championships? I mean, I I think – for me personally, since I love basketball so much, I probably would have taken it. This is me not even knowing some of the things off the top of my head, but I, I would have taken, <laughs> yeah. you know, one one of our our, our mid nineties um, years so that I could have seen an ACC title with, with Duncan and Childress and some of those guys. I mean, I think I would have would have taken that year. But in, in terms of recent memory over the past decade, at least, um, I think there's a very strong argument you made that two very good seasons from our, you know, revenue sports 
Baseball did extremely well. And then men's, men's soccer came as close to winning a national title as you could without not do, without actually doing it. They, they did yeah. win the ACC title. And, um, you know, men's tennis and some of the other sports that you mentioned. So I think there, there's a strong argument. I would have probably taken another season just because of how much I value basketball. Um, but it was a very exciting time to be a way for a sports fan. I think a lot of these programs are going to continue to build or at least maintain uh, their high levels of play. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. I value basketball and football, obviously head and shoulders above the other sports that we cover and write about. But as somebody, since we do cover most of those sports, even if it's just a, a weekly recap or a weekend recap, it's really fun to cover teams that are doing well. And the Wake baseball team was, that was, probably the most fun I've had covering a team in a long time just because they 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 scored a lot of runs they hit home runs and they you never knew what was going to happen and they were a really really good baseball team so stuff like that makes the seasons overall more enjoyable for me in the way that I take in Wake Forest sports as far as you know working with bloggers so during all that stuff I understand for the casual fan that may not care as much about baseball tennis all, all that good stuff but only cares about football and basketball this would fall down a little bit so I guess you're kind of arguing two sides of the same coin where yes they're both good years obviously mid-90s year versus this year it just depends on what you value um more as a fan or as a casual follower so i don't think there's a right answer or wrong answer there it was a fantastic year i had a really good time watching all of our teams this year and would love for it to continue which it does look like it will uh, moving forward the men's tennis team has a great chance to win the national championship next year as they should return mostly everybody and they host the uh ncaa tournament at winston-salem so that that's a great great time to do that um we had another couple of uh questions come up now that we've kind of recapped the last year looking forward. And this was, this was a fun question from, uh, from Les Johns. Uh, Les, of course, publishes uh, Demon Deacon Digest in the Scout Media Network, does a fantastic job. If you uh, have not followed his work before on Twitter, then go follow right now at Les underscore John. He asked us with the, uh, the recent news coming out, and we're not going to get political on the podcast, but if there was a <laughs> gif of a Demon Deacon clotheslining somebody in wrestling, um, who, who would you like to see him clotheslining, right? Rob, I saw your answer on Twitter, and I think most Wake Forest fans would would agree with this. Yeah, we'll try and remain nonpartisan here, and I I will say, uh, well, I said Jeff Pozdelic on Twitter. I mean, I absolutely, and this especially goes back to what we were just talking about with how much we love basketball. I thought about it again, and then yes, I think Tommy Elrod would would be a, another great choice. Ah, uh, um, yes, especially since his damage was intentional. Uh, but but Jeff Pozdelic just caused me so many years of, of heartache and frustration that um, I, I would love to see that. Maybe it's yeah. in addition to a clothesline. The good thing is, since you don't know who's in the Demon Deacon mascot, it could be one of us that was doing it. We could clothesline Jeff Bosdell. Like, how how much fun would that be to to get to do that and like just clothesline a guy who caused us so much pain over the last five years? I mean that that would be that would be fun. And we do not condone violence here. Blogger said during roll the clock. This is clearly a an ingest question, but I would say the entire Louisville fan base probably. Um, <laughs> Not not a person per se, but more of just a generic group of people that I could not disagree with more about 
live sports and politics. So I would tend to take the uh, Louisville fan base as uh, my close lining on that. Um, but that was a great question from Les. And uh, we, we like to take some fun questions as well, in addition to the more serious questions about, uh, you know, the contract situation stuff that it pertains to Wake Forest. Um, and, you know, another question that we I kind of glossed over here on the outline that John Walsh also asked, uh, the the App State game, and I touched on this briefly, that, that's a big in-state game probably for both teams. Wake doesn't want to lose to App State, and App State wants to be a, an ACC team in Wake Forest. It's in Boone. It should be a sellout. There should be a lot of fans on both sides. Rob, what are your initial thoughts, and not even kind of getting into, like, the, uh, the roster situation for App State, because I don't know how much you know. I don't know a lot so, about them, so I'll admit that. What's your thought about Wake playing there um, and that kind of game uh, in September? Is it good for the program? Do you not like it because it's a lot of exposure for a loss? Or, or what are your thoughts on playing in-state teams like App State? Well, I think they've lost a number of players, so I, I, I think that it could be a good game for us. I, I think it would be a very exciting environment. Um, I, I should know the answer to this, but I don't. If it's a two-for-one um, I like it. If it's a one-for-one, one, I'm, I'm not that that big of a fan of it, um, especially since they've, they've recently transitioned um, and, and pro- proven to be a, a good team. But I, I like playing playing local teams. Uh, I think it would be interesting to play a team like, like South Carolina, for example. But I, I think it should be a great atmosphere. I know you and I and, and a number of us, our friends, are, are thinking about going. I think it should be a, a great atmosphere and I know there are a lot of probably app fans who are, who are fans of both schools, really, who are, you know, who were their ACC team. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a great test for us early on, on the road. Uh, actually, be our second road game of the year and, and an incredibly important game, as we mentioned, because the middle part of our schedule is brutal and the end is, is not that easy either. So it's going to be important to get off to a good start. And uh, I'm excited to see uh, what, 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 what team shows up. Yeah. And and just to kind of answer your question, it is a home and home. It's a one and one. They uh, we're playing up there September 23rd next year. Um, And we, they, they they're coming to Winston-Salem September 12th in 2020. Uh, And before Miami hit came up last year, when this was released in 2014, we would have been the first uh, to travel to app state um, from a power five conference. And we played them, uh, I believe 22 times over, uh, a 26-year span, it, Wake 114, App State 17, and we tied at 34 somehow in 1988. Um, but I can't believe we scored 34 points. Yeah, I don't remember. Other than the poll game, that's, uh, that's the last time I remember getting into double digits. <laughs> so so uh, it, it should be fun. And like you said, I grew up in Winston-Salem, and there are a lot of App State uh, fans and grads and families that live around there. And a lot of people since App State and Wake obviously weren't even in the same division were App State and Wake fans. So I know several people that uh, went to App are Wake fans and vice versa. So uh, we plan on I plan on making the trip up. I, I believe you do do as well um it's a 20 i think 5,000 seat stadium so it should have a similar atmosphere seating wise to wake but i think their tailgate scene probably uh vastly surpasses ours just due to the uh, mountains around there and the uh i guess the intensity of their fan base if i had to guess so i think it'll be a fun trip and uh hopefully we come out with a win but i have no problem at all traveling uh for a game like this i probably would have liked it to be a two for one since in 14 we were unsure of what they were doing but um 
I mean, one for one at this point's not not that bad either, since they are uh, they're a team that people will probably try to get on the schedule as well. So I think that was good foresight, and I'm looking forward to it. So uh, we will see. Yeah. All that matters is we get the win because we need to win. So I guess my only so. brief criticism, and maybe we didn't know it, though, if, if you're going to do one for one, ideally we could have had the home game this year. Not only is it earlier, but that would have given us a seventh home game this year. Um, though maybe it'll help us out in 2020. I don't know, but just just a comment. Yeah, it is interesting, and we do only have six home games this year. Um, for some reason, Wake tends to play in these one for ones that with uh, like G5 team. We tend to play the road game first and the home game later on. I don't know if that helps us with scheduling flexibility in future years because it's easier for us to pull out if we need to. But I would prefer to see us play home games first and then road games later on because in an ideal world, you want to guarantee that you're getting the home game that you need. So that, that's a really good point, especially in a year like this year where we are playing six games at home and six games on the road. That is not not ideal for a Power 5 team in any situation, um, in my opinion. But that is a very good point that you bring up. So, um, yeah, and that I, that's probably about all we've got for today. We, uh, we recapped basketball and football. This was really just uh, to get us back in the swing of things. Uh, next Sunday, and this will be uh, every Sunday podcast, we on iTunes, and I will tweet out that link as well. And we wanted to do Sunday night so that uh, people will have that podcast for their Monday morning commute or um, Sunday evening commute if you uh, work at night, something like that. It's just something that we wanted to do for our readers and listeners. We know people tend to do podcasts easier than other things you can do listen to a podcast while you're uh, driving you can while you're in the car whatever you're doing um you can't really read an article while you're driving or you're not supposed to so uh that we know that podcast and facebook live stuff like that are, are very good ways for readers and viewers to get more of our content so we will be doing this live every week at 6 30 on sundays uh to make sure that you get your Wake Forest fix. And uh, we think with a routine schedule like that, we will get a lot of listeners. And we encourage all questions and calls if you want to call in during the show. Um, next week, we will open the phone lines up, and I will tweet out those numbers as well. Um, but we do appreciate everybody listening, and this is just uh, something fun that we wanted to do to extend um, what Blogger So Dear does for the Wake Forest community as far as getting um, coverage out on Lake Forest. Um, do you have anything to add to that, Rob? Uh, nothing, nothing really to add to that, except I, I think I forgot to mention how great of a football player and human being Jesse Bates is. Saved us a number of games last year. Yes. Huge reason we were in the bowl game uh, pick six machine. So I, ha- I had to get it, that in there, but yeah, excited to get back into the swing of things and roll the quadcast. I think it's going to be uh, good to provide the, you know, the followers with, with another medium of, of entertainment and, you know, excited to get back to contributing to the site in this way and looking forward to talking with you every single week. Absolutely. And I, I also look forward to doing that. And in addition to Rob and myself being on here, we will probably bring in some of our uh, other contributors uh, throughout these Sundays, you know, whether to fill in for one of us or just g- generically go over something that um, they may know more about than we do because we have a, a great staff that uh, allows us to, to do these things on a daily basis and we, we want them to come on and share their opinion too so be on the lookout for that um, one final thing before we wrap up here we have we did a fun um, 
article today where five of us drafted an all-time Wake Forest team using any player in the Wake Forest basketball universe, and we compiled the five teams. So we will get that out this week. Um, and we had a roster of 10 people and a coach, and so that should be pretty fun. Uh, I did I did draft a walk-on. Um, he will remain a mystery until that article comes out, but uh, I think that will, that will be that'll be a fun article, and we'll have some votes on who has the best team and all that stuff. So, um, yeah – It'll be interesting to see who gets second behind me. So that'll, that'll be fun to, fun oh, to watch. <laughs> but uh, once again, we really appreciate uh, everybody for listening. If you ever need to talk to us or want to drop us a line, we love to communicate. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Roll the Quadcast, which is the uh, official Roll the Quadcast Twitter account. But you can also find me on Twitter at BSD underscore R.A. Johnston. And Rob, where can they find you? At Robert underscore Reinhardt, R-E-I-N-H-A-R-D. Perfect. I was going to do yours, but I didn't want to get it wrong. So that's perfect. But um, we will be back next week and uh, look for Tuesday to see Ned's new recruiting article or a podcast drop. So until then, go Deeks. Go Deeks. <laughs>